Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Napers. I am also the host of the Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website at hitthatline.com for all types of great interviews, articles, podcasts, videos, whatever it is dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. We're going to have a lot of fun on this podcast today, just like we do every day. Uh, but specifically, we're going to talk some football because anytime we talk football, it's always a lot of fun. So we're going to get into that as well as some uh, other news going on in Razorback land, of course, ending the uh, podcast here with some nonsense. But first, I want to start with a very interesting topic that uh, we actually discussed on my show this morning on the Morning Rush and uh, had a lot of great comments, a lot of great calls and uh, a lot of uh, interesting discussions. And it was over a pretty simple concept and over a pretty simple discussion point and simply dealing with Chad Morris and the offense that he wants to run and the philosophy that we, he wants to have and all of that because I think we're pretty much on point with what he's trying to do or what he wants to do. Uh, we know that he has to get players in to help him accomplish that feat. We know that there are some pieces that are on the way that will really be able to help out this team in the 2019 season. We all know that. But this, the real discussion stems from a former NFL executive named Michael Lombardi. And anytime you have the name Lombardi in your name and you're dealing with football, especially in the NFL, it resonates with people. I'm not saying that adds any validity to his criticisms or to his logic, but either way, it's something that at least caught my attention. But he's a former NFL executive. He's worked for the 49ers. He's worked for the Patriots. He's worked for a lot of different teams and been pretty successful in his job at different ventures. Well, he came out pretty strongly against Jarrett Stidham and the Gus Malzahn offense at Auburn. Now, you're probably wondering what this has to do with Arkansas. Well, I'll explain that in a second. But essentially, Michael Lombardi said that Jarrett Stidham really hurt his status and hurt himself in his draft stock by going to Auburn instead of staying at Baylor, for instance, and instead of transferring under Matt Rule, or simply going to a, a better fitting and more successful type of program in developments of quarterbacks and making them readily available and readily developed to make it into the NFL. Pretty strong statement. And it was a pretty harsh criticism of Gus Malzahn in his offense. But I think if you just look at the research and, and do the things that, uh, you know, a lot of us do and a lot of us have looked at as far as Malzahn over at Auburn, it kind of holds some water. The only quarterback that Gus Malzahn has really coached and has translated into the NFL has been Cam Newton. Now, he coached him for one year as an offensive coordinator. And let's be honest, folks. Cam Newton would have been a major success anywhere he would have gone. Anywhere. Anywhere. He could have gone to Arkansas or Houston Nutt and probably would have won the Heisman. Well, I won't say I get carried away, but still, you get my point. But the craziest thing is that in these comments, there draws a lot of comparisons to what Gus Malzahn is doing at Auburn and what Chad Morris wants to do at Arkansas. A lot of comparisons. Fair or foul, but comparisons nonetheless. And one of those comparisons in dealing with the quarterback situation is that it's not an offense that can get guys ready for the NFL, get guys ready for the NFL playbook, 
for the NFL audibles, for the NFL just physicality, for everything. Because one of the things that this offense does, or at least in the case of Gus Malzahn, is that it really makes the quarterback have to rely heavily on the coaches and the coordinators and the play callers when it comes to what's going on in the game. You know, when you see those big pictures get held up and they call the plays or they look over and see audibles, like they don't do a lot of reads pre-snap. Their reads come post-snap, and which is all well and good and fine, but it's all there's not really much progression going through your progressions as a quarterback with uh, a Gus Malzahn type offense. It's normally just as soon as you get the ball, you find it and then put it into your wide receiver's hands as quickly as possible or your running back's hands as quickly as possible. Whatever it is, it, it's very fast, very quick, and uh, very to the point. But it's not like that in the NFL, although I think that there are parts of it that are developing that way. It's still not that way in the NFL. So when we were discussing this this morning on the Morning Rush, it kind of raised the question in the comments that people were giving of Chad Morris in Arkansas. Can they be a program that can de can develop a quarterback? Can they be a program that can get the eyes of NFL executives and scouts and everybody involved to where they look at their pro quarterbacks and say, you know what? They got some they got some guys that can play. They they got the good development. They got guys that are ready because of what Chad Morris does with them. Are are they that type of program? Is Chad Morris that type of coach? Is Joe Craddock that type of coordinator? And to me, why I don't think it's completely fair to draw those comparisons to Chad Morris and Gus Malzahn is because of a few reasons. Number one, Chad Morris and what he was able to do at Clemson was establish a new revolutionary type of offense that Clemson still uses today even though Chad Morris is gone and has elevated their program from being just a nine-win type program to being arguably one of the best, maybe the second best in the country as far as programs go and as far as offenses go. I think that's point number one. Auburn never really had that under Malzahn. Auburn never had the number one offense. Auburn never had a national championship caliber offense with Malzahn. And don't give me the 2010 season, okay? Cam Newton was next to level. Cam Newton was everything. It, the rest of it didn't matter. Cam Newton was what made that offense what it was, not Gus Malzahn, not the players around it. So I don't even count that year. But if you look at every other year and every other offense that Malzahn had, it's never been just setting the world on fire. He's had great defenses. I think he's had good rushing attacks. But the quarterbacks have never really gotten to that point. Morris has had a pretty solid record of developing quarterbacks and turning quarterbacks around and making them into pretty dadgum good players. Now, we don't have the largest sample size of him, the guys that he's gotten into the NFL. We know guys like Deshaun Watson is always going to be the one that people point to, and I think that that's working out pretty good. But I think that there's enough of a difference there because they like to both go hurry up, no huddle. They both like to run the RPO. But Malzahn, I believe, is a lot more run heavy. I think Morris maybe has more of a balance there. But it's it's different, and it's, and it's really hard to break it down into words without actually, I wish I had like a, a film session uh, where I could just show you exactly what's going on, how to do this, how to do that, and, and what the differences are.
But my point is that if you're Arkansas and you're Chad Morris and you hear criticisms about places like Auburn and Gus Malzahn, don't use that as a direct representation of what your team is trying to do and what your program is trying to do and what Chad Morris is trying to do. Don't put it that way. Don't look at it that way. You can't look at it that way. Because if you do look at it that way, then that's when you run into problems. That's when you start setting yourself up for failure. And I don't think anybody wants to do that. And I don't think anybody believes that. Even if, even if some of the detractors of what Chad Morris is, and those of you who are still skeptical of what he's going to accomplish as a coach, you still can't make those right comparisons. But with Arkansas and their current quarterback situation and who they have on the roster right now, I don't see either one of these guys, Nick Starkle, Ben Hicks, being NFL caliber quarterbacks. Maybe I could be wrong, but just what we know and what I see right now, I don't see that being the case. But could a K.J. Jefferson be that guy? Maybe. Could he be the guy that elevates and bucks the trend? Maybe. Maybe it's going to be Chandler Morris, Chad Morris's son. Maybe. But the point is they're going to have opportunities to prove this theory wrong. And if you're Chad Morris, you have a long ways to go. You have great wide receivers as a freshman class. You have solid running backs. You've got some good tight ends. Definitely could use an offensive line. But can your quarterback step up? Can your quarterback position be that position that not only translates into the NFL, but you can walk into kids' living rooms who are five-star quarterbacks, and you can tell their parents, you can tell them, hey, come to my school because... I'm going to get you to that next level. It is important. you got to win games no matter what. But it is important to make sure that the most important position on the field and the most important position in your locker room as an offensive genius or guru like you claim to be, it is vital to make sure that your quarterback is on the track to that next level. And if he's not then I don't know how well your offense is really going to be if you can't develop them to that next level. That right there, my friends, is going to be vital, and it's going to be very, very important. You know, hiring is challenging. Have you ever heard about that, hiring people? I, I've only hired a couple of people, and it sucks. Having to go through all their resumes, having to figure out exactly who you want, or you, know, you get terrible resumes, and you feel bad because you're like, dude, this is terrible. I can't believe you actually could think you could work here. But that's okay. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates is what you need, right? And that place is ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. This is vital, folks. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 people, hundreds of websites dealing with leading job boards, and they don't stop there. With their powerful matching category, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply for your job. And as applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of the employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. That's how big time this is, all right? And right now, all my listeners of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, for free, free 99 at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. Give it a try. If you're looking to try to hire some people, 
having some problems with that, struggling with it, head over to ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn and give it a try. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Uh, you know, I saw this happening uh, with the XFL, and uh, I know that football is always going to be king when it comes to this podcast and when it comes to Razorback fans, but uh, it was crazy to think that the XFL is coming back. I remember as a kid when, uh, I think it was 2000, yeah, when the XFL started up, and it was a weird concept for me at least because I was really into the NFL, not so much anymore, but I was really into the NFL, I was a big Jets fan. Uh, big Chad Pennington guy, uh, you know, back during those times and Curtis Martin and all that. But uh, either way, I really watched the NFL and I really love football and I love Monday Night Football and all that. And when the XFL started up, it was so strange of how like I just couldn't couldn't really put my finger on. It. I couldn't really get into it. I loved football. I didn't have a really a city that was close by to where I could watch games, but that didn't bother me. But it just didn't. It looked fun. It had fun names and had fun events and all that, but it just didn't work out. And when that ended, I just always felt like and remember back on it to say, you know what, this is never going to happen. They're never going to have another football league try to go up against the NFL and at least be successful at it. And yet here the XFL is trying. The AAF already failed miserably, which I think that was kind of doomed from the start. But if you really look at the XFL and what they're trying to do, I'm not going to say it's for sure going to work, but I like their chances a lot more than the than the AAF. And it's one reason, one reason only, because you got Vince McMahon, WWE, the man behind all of it. And it's a brilliant move by him. If there was going to be someone who could do it, it's going to be Vince McMahon. I know he's tried to do it originally, but I think they learned from their mistakes. And I think with the NFL had taking pretty, a pretty huge hit, and uh, viewership for that period of time when they really wanted to start it. A lot of it had to do with the politics and the kneeling for the national anthem and all that. Vince McMahon wanted to use that as a kind of a striking when the iron's hot and try to garner some of the audience, which could work. And it's going to be in February is when it starts. February. It'll be weekend games. So it's going to be essentially after the Super Bowl ends, you're going to still have football. And uh, the games are going to happen on Saturday and Sunday. But the biggest thing about it, I think more so than anything, is the de- is the television deal. ABC and Fox, ESPN and Fox Sports 1. The promotion of it's going to be big. The way that people are going to talk about it on your sports talk shows, radio shows, television shows, whatever, is going to be big. Uh, so I am really intrigued by it. This one has my attention. And I will give it a shot because it's football. I love football. I love watching football, and with sports gambling coming along the way that it is and that the XFL is going to really take advantage of that point, I think it's going to be a lot more fun than what the NFL is for the player's perspective. I don't think it necessarily will be the same high-level talent, but who knows? This could start into something. This could become something if it's done the right way. So, again, it has my intrigue. I like the fact that Vince McMahon's backing it up because he has some other sources of money to be able to make, to make this work. There's not going to be investors bailing out like you had all the issues with the AAF. So I'll give it a shot. 
I'll give it a time of day and we'll see how it plays out. But anyways, I just think it's fascinating. And I honestly am really looking forward to it. So come February 2020, XFL will be happening. And who knows? Maybe I'll do an XFL segment once a week. Probably not. But who knows if it garners my attention. Because that's what it's all about. Garnering our attention. If they do a good job of that, got me sold. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on into the final segment of the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. I, I, I want to kind of go on a vent session here, if you will indulge me for just a second, folks. Got to get my water to make sure I'm ready for this. Uh, I hate it when people go to concerts and for some reason feel inclined to video for a very long time this concert and put it up on their Instagram stories or their Snapchat stories. That bothers me. That's annoying. And for any of you who are listening to this podcast and you do that, stop. Stop immediately. I'm not kidding. Don't be that person. That is annoying. Everyone hates that. No one cares about the concert you're at. If you want to take a picture of you and your friends or you and your guy or you and your gal at a concert, fine. If you even want to take a picture of the person that's up there, whoever you're seeing or performing, or even maybe a little quick video, that's fine too. But if I go through your Instagram story and there's a billion different stories of the same song just over and I have to click, 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 click to get through them all. I don't want to be friends with you. In fact, I unfollowed somebody today on Instagram. I know they're bummed. I know it's devastating to them that I unfollowed them on Instagram, but I can't do it. I I won't do it. I refuse to. But as annoying as that is, because there was a Killers concert last night that really annoyed me when people were doing that in Fayetteville or at the Amp, I guess. That was not as annoying as people who were posting pictures of celebrities as their Instagram stories of the celebrities at the, the Met Gala dressed up in crazy outfits with no captions. They just posted the pictures. What the crap? When has this become a thing? When has people decided, you know what? I'm just going to take these pictures that I'm getting off the Internet of celebrities dressed in crazy outfits and post them as my story. Because I know everyone that follows me wants to see that. Are you kidding me? Hopefully none of you who are listening to my podcast right now do that. Or ever do that. I don't want you listening if you do that. That's bad. That's sad. Find you something else to do. I guarantee you, you have things in your own life that are more interesting that you can post about than what celebrities are wearing at the Met Gala. Don't do that. That's dumb. Social media is dumb within itself. Twitter is dumb. Facebook is dumb. Instagram is dumb. I use it because I'm dumb. It's fine. But you can control what you put out. And if you're going to put out something, make it quality. Make it good. Because I don't know one single person. One single person that's ever said, you know what? I wish, some, I wish people would post more concert videos. That's what I want to see. Or I wish that people would post more celebrity and, and celebrities in crazy outfits at a gala. No one's ever said that either. So please, for all that is holy, stop. Don't do that. And if you know somebody that does, call the cops. Call the police on them. They need to be arrested immediately.
that's my two cents on the matter. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Rush John Neighbors. For any questions, comments, concerns that you may have, and we will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.